0: It's a word that is associated with a great deal of professions in today's world, and your thoughts as to what it pertains to will vary, as will your feelings towards it. Some choose to admire art, to study it vigorously, to display their talents with glee or reluctance, and others might choose to deny art as being part of their lives. Throughout history, however, art has had a critical role in shaping the modern world as it walks hand in hand with innovation, evolving our knowledge, society, society and state of being, as we evolved it. Let us begin near the edge of humanity. The Upper Paleolithic Age of Man. A time when survival was the primary objective, with art serving this very purpose. Cave drawings were used as a way to recount events and the things that early man had treasured, one such thing being the hunt. While cave drawings had very little form or style to them, they perfectly illustrate how man thought during this era. Take this cave drawing for instance. The beasts present are drawn dimensionally proportionate because man saw them as vital for his survival, while the human forms are especially flat and thoughtless in nature due to the underdeveloped sense of self of prehistoric man. Moving into the Neolithic era, humans begin to form settlements. Man uses art as a way to honor ancestors and as part of ritual practices, Done by way of statues, totems, masks, and effigies. In both of the aforementioned eras, it could be argued that because these illustrations and designs were used as primal survival mechanisms, that they cannot be classified as art. However, it is worth considering that these eras laid the foundation for art as a whole, and thus they are worth mentioning and classifying as art. The Bronze Age saw the dawn of civilizations, with humans creating primal works of art to honor their ancestors as well as to invoke and reinforce belief in something greater than themselves, achieved by crafting statues, pots, and masks designed to be symmetrical and durable. Additionally, literacy had begun to take root within certain civilizations, with hieroglyphics forming the basis for keeping records and communication in ancient Egypt. Considering that at their core, these were just symbols which were allotted meaning, it is theorized that this form of writing was a natural evolution of cave art to an extent. Despite being miles apart, the ancient minds of South America had developed a similar carving style, displaying figures and murals which served a similar purpose to hieroglyphics, but also led to the development of some of the first calendars used by civilization in place of using seasonal cycles to depict the passing of time. The ability to carve and sculpt are considered to be specialized skills in these societies, vital for ritualistic practices, recording data, expansion of societies, and consequently, how we're able to learn about them ourselves. Art across this era was not used primarily for decoration, but rather as a tool for survival and a testament to the advancements of a civilization. We shift our focus to Europe at the dawn of the age of idealism, which saw the rise of Greek and Roman culture and a tempest of knowledge and psychological thought, putting an emphasis on individualism as opposed to celebrating deities exclusively. Architecture of the period was durable and showed evidence of being grounded in ratios of mathematical beauty and strength. Finely illustrated pottery and murals recounted events and told tales of Greek deities, and while the forms present on them lacked depth, they were effective at conveying information and emotion. In an effort to display man as equal to their deities, statues crafted of the human form by both the Greeks and Romans were exceptionally well developed, athletic and proportionally accurate with the intent of crafting works that were flawless. This is not done in defiance of their deities, however, but to prove the potential and aptitude of humans, not just in their artistic ability, but in all developing fields. Time passes, and civilizations rise and fall, with the Middle Ages seeing Christianity overshadow paganism as the primary ideology in Europe. Art of the Era focuses heavily on contextualizing and depicting religious figures ...as well as... more eccentric art accompanying manuscripts. Architecture and manuscripts received a noticeable upheaval in their design and durability. And while a majority of the artists from the earlier years of this period remained somewhat anonymous... ...their designs helped shape a contained society which spanned a millennium... ...encompassing a range of differing, yet similar styles. Art suited the promotion of religion quite well, as it served to beautify and attract followers to an ideology which was the reason for the incredible increase of detail and grandeur of art during this period across Europe, something that the church capitalised on in order to promote the creation of increasingly lavish works in order to attract more followers to Christianity. Similarly, art served to beautify Buddhism in the East, with countries like Tibet and Thailand primarily crafting statues of the Buddha depicting him in a state of calm in order to allude to people of the harmonious teachings of Buddhism. It is often thought that with the emergence of Islam in the Arabian Peninsula during the 7th century, that the creation of art was forbidden for followers of the religion. However, this is often a misunderstood aspect of the religion. While creating pieces with figures present in them is looked down upon by factions of the various Islamic schools of thought, the pioneering of calligraphy, geometric art, and elaborate patterns were extensively refined by Arabian artists, eventually leading to the creation of some of the most mesmerizing murals and architecture of the Eastern world. Art had also played a central role in the evolution of China's culture. Like the Arabs, calligraphy and architecture are a uniquely refined and stylized part of the Eastern civilization, with countless emperors pushing for the promotion of art in society. This is evident by the quality of silk embroidery, ink art and carvings throughout this period, and became particularly prominent as Chinese art became influenced by the teachings of Buddhism. Throughout this 1000-year period, we see that art was the ultimate asset to make the unknown appear attractive, which made it an exceptionally powerful tool to influence the masses towards an ideology. However, it also proved to become an underlying part of many religions and cultures as their societies developed. We shift our focus back to Europe, at the turn of the 15th century, where the Renaissance stirs into being. Arguably one of the most important transitional periods in history, the explosion of insight and culture that had occurred during this era hadn't been seen since the time of the Hellenic civilizations art had manifested itself in developing technologies in tandem with mathematics, in fields such as medicine, architecture, engineering, astronomy and cartography, with this era marking the now exponential progress we've made in the aforementioned fields. As an example of this fact, while Andreas Vesalius was one of the primary leaders in anatomical studies at the time, influential artists such as Leonardo da Vinci and Albrecht Dürer had similarly propelled our understanding of the human body through their efforts. Dissecting and illustrating the human form and the increased insight concerning how our organs operated had evolved medicinal practice and proved paramount to kick-starting our endless quest to understand our shells. To be an artist during this period required a great understanding of utilizing perspective and form as opposed to the pieces of previous eras, as artworks had fully embraced composition and incorporated what we now know as the general elements of design within them. While religions continue to use art as a tool to inspire and control the masses, the renaissance itself was brought about due to the rising middle classes' questioning of the church. Looking into the past and analysing the mannerisms of Greek and Roman culture, many found solace in the fact that these civilizations, despite keeping sentiments of worship as part of their lives, thrived due to the ideology of humanism, which was refined during the renaissance itself. Owning art paralleled wealth and social status, while art itself had evolved into more of an industry during this period, with institutions teaching the field popping up all around Europe. The emergence of the line concerning what it meant to be an artist as opposed to an architect or engineer was faint, but had begun to show itself, and one simply didn't hold the title of artist, but was a specialist in a particular field. To be skilled at more than one's field was achievable based on the prerogative of the individual, with some artists finding prominence in a wide array of areas. The rise of academies eventually helped solidify the master artists efforts and granted them esteemed positions but with success comes complacency and with complacency comes fear of change taken as a whole the religious agenda of the medieval age was continually expressed within art of the renaissance but art of the era simultaneously assisted scientific and societal development and laid the groundwork for the way the artist approaches art itself due to taking a far more technical approach to creating art compared to the efforts of previous eras. Various artistic forms were once again used as a tool by religions during the Baroque era, with art of the time displaying grandiose spectacle, as well as events that had transpired within the period itself. Meanwhile, the neoclassical movement saw artists aiming to recapture the grace and acute nature of Greco-Roman art by recreating figures from the Hellenic era. Art also saw its use as a political tool in order to show off the lives of the wealthy and influential, playing a vital role in instilling belief in figures like Napoleon, which saw art continue to be a highly effective tool for pushing an agenda. And at this point, the scale begins to tip. While European art in particular was largely used for political gain or to push a religious agenda. Pieces had slowly begun to embrace human fragility, with some artists opting to display the subtle complexities concerning the seemingly simplistic mannerisms of human life, with the Romantic Age showing a further emphasis on the individual, nature, and the celebration of imagination. While the Impressionist movement focused on crafting saturated landscapes flooded with stylized light and shadows, which not only proved to accentuate figures in the environments they inhabited, but elicited raw emotion from the observer at first glance. A contrast to the somber nature of the neoclassical style, which effectively used chiaroscuro and begs Observer to walk into the piece, decipher its message, and wonder a while. Stepping back to a global view once more, we see the development of tribal art transform at a steady pace across the world. The Native Americans saw totems and pottery serve as an inherent part of their culture with symbolism and style being influenced by the surroundings of a tribe. They were also incredibly efficient in how they dealt with aspects of their daily lives, with no portion of what they had at their disposal going to waste. For example, every part of a hunted animal was used effectively, and this resulted in the creation of simple, yet elaborate clothing, technologies, and ceremonial tools as a result of their practices. Meanwhile, in Africa... Masks and statues continue to be a core part of countless tribes throughout the continent, with innovation of art slowly resulting due to the evolution of ritualistic behaviours. One of the most unique tribes in Africa, however, would be the Indabele tribe of South Africa, which not only developed some of the most stylistically distinct African art, but intentionally fostered art as part of its very culture distinct geometric forms against stark, contrasting backgrounds forms the basis of the Indabele style, which encompassed everything from the architecture, clothing, and tools of the people. While color has almost always had a role in drawing emotion in art, the Indabele were one of the first southern African tribes to specifically utilize a wide array of colors to convey specific meaning as part of their very lives. Their style further developed during the 20th century, with beadwork becoming synonymous with the Ndebele a culture that is still strong within South Africa today. Art in Japan strayed a different course from the realism movement sweeping the world. Tonal forms have always been less prominent in Japanese art, while linework and intelligent use of colour were preferred to subtly add flair to pieces. This inspired artists like Van Gogh to craft art with an emphasis on the effective use of brushstrokes and colour as opposed to the process of blending his paintings. As the world became more interconnected, so too did the active exploration of artistic styles, with Japanese ukiyo e paintings and the geometric forms of African art playing pivotal roles in shaping neo-Western styles. While art continued to be a natural part of various societies and cultures across the world, thoughts on art itself were fragmented in Europe during the 19th and early 20th centuries. The emergence of more expressive styles were frowned upon by the academies, due to the perceived lack of effort and skill in creating such pieces. Dividing those who used art to express their emotions and thoughts, and those who saw it as something that should always depict the world in a manner that reflects how one sees with their own eyes. Those who chose to create more expressive styles would often lose their alumni with the academies and their standing with society, with many independent artists confined to poverty, and fewer still only finding reverence after death. From here, we see the realism movement find firm ground as well as the gradual birth of a wealth of anti- and neo-art movements. Free from the constraints of a specific ideology or cause, art transforms into a far more subjective field, and artworks both new and old are interpreted in bold new ways by observers and artists alike. Take The Creation of Adam by Michelangelo, for example. It is argued by scholars that despite his faith in the Catholic Church, that a brain surrounds his depiction of God in the piece, alluding to a suggestion that the creation of gods is something man-made in itself adding to the fact that some would insist that his depiction of God is akin to an older version of Michelangelo himself, and it is certainly guaranteed to raise a few eyebrows. It is imperative to keep in mind, however, that these are just some of the many interpretations of the piece. The observer is free to interpret what they deem appropriate. With the advent of modern art comes the continued argument of realism versus style. Between observers and artists alike, some are adamant that realism should prevail over style, as it shows the artist's true technical capacity and skill as an artist. Many artists of varying techniques know that this notion simply doesn't hold much water, however, with Picasso proving to be the perfect antithesis to the perceived correlation of realism and artistic ability. From a young age, Picasso was perfectly able to capture the style of the old masters, but because his immense talent was tapped from a young age, it provoked him to explore alternate directions for which to take his art, leading to him pioneering the cubism movement, and deriving eternal joy from creating art. For his life had become art. It's a reminder to the aspiring artists that they're free to explore whatever medium or style they see fit, as realism isn't the epitome of art. However, it still plays a fundamental role for any artist, as one cannot expect to inject style into their work without understanding reality itself first. Regardless of formal training or natural talent, in this contemporary age, it could be stated that the amateur can now compete with the professional, the very thing the masters of the neoclassical movement had both predicted and feared. In reality, however, art today has become less about the style of an age or society as it has been about the artist discovering and expressing their own style, regardless of the medium, ability, or style of the artist. Being an artist may not hold the same weight in accelerating society today as five centuries prior, and studying the history of art in acute detail certainly isn't a stipulation to become an artist. But understanding our past is a necessary step to begin crafting a future that encourages critical thought. For thought breeds action, and with action comes creation. Inspiration takes hold, and the cycle begins anew. Across history. Art has been a powerful tool to push agendas and promote ideologies. It has been the fabric and bridge between countless cultures and people. Art is capable of taking us to times long past and places we can only imagine. Art will always mean different things to different people. Today, however, art is anything you want it to be. And to me, that is a beautiful thought. I've provided further reading, as well as the names of all music, artists, and the artwork in the description below. I've also included links to my social media in the description, as well as a link to my Patreon. Consider subscribing for more, and thanks for watching. I'll see you in the next one.